Hello, beautiful people. Don't tell on me, but I'm going to try to record while I'm stuck here in Florida traffic. I don't know if it's construction or an accident, and if I'm intermittent, I'll apologize in advance. After I do the reading, I'm going to jump into big wins, and then we'll go back to the reading just in case we start rolling again. So October 22nd, and in his will, our peace, Dante Algeria. When something goes terribly wrong in our world, we may despair, feeling life might never be right again. Some kinds of pain may seem too much for us to stand. At times like this, we need faith that our grief will fade in time and that we find the strength to bear our feelings until they change. Broken hearts will heal and we will learn to smile again. We will find new friends to replace those we have lost. Our higher power has a plan, a plan for us, and we can never really know. He will never give us more sorrow than we can bear. With faith in tomorrow's sunrise, we can survive our grief today. Faith in our losses. Our 12-step fellowship offers support, comfort, and love to sustain us through our darkest moments. As we find new communion with our higher power and friends, we must realize that sometimes out of our greatest pain, our greatest joy is born. Today... I am grateful for the closeness of my higher power, especially in times of grief and loss. Wow. Okay. So I'm putting away the book, so I'm not going to refer like normal. I definitely want to talk about big wins here in a second because it's a hot topic and I've been meaning to talk to you about something I saw the other day. But this grief and loss piece, I was having a conversation with someone from my group yesterday and on Sunday she found out that two people she knew passed away and then on Monday morning another person. And I asked her, you know, it was different forms of relationships. And I asked her, you know, like, how you feeling? And she had been, I'm going to probably screw this up, but maybe like an EMT, you know, when you go out on ambulance calls and you help people for the 911 calls, both her and her, her boyfriend do this. And when she got in trouble for gambling and got arrested, the town, she lives in a really small town. They've kind of blacklisted her. They wouldn't let her go back out and, and do this. And, you know, maybe it's because she would be in people's houses and people wouldn't trust her, or maybe it was a scar on the department, whatever it is. It's been a very challenging time for her. At any rate, she can't go on these calls anymore where people like die in the ambulance, die on the way to the hospital where she knows everyone or a lot of the people because they're in such a small community. However, her boyfriend, fiance, I'm not actually sure what it is. He still does this. And when she's, you know, in supportive girlfriend role and, and just life and friends, you know, and he's feeling loss and pain and grief, you know, she's still kind of help carry that burden with him. So in this particular conversation, like I said, she had, she had all these, these instances in the matter of 24 hours. And I loved her outlook. She was so positive. Like I said to her, I was so grateful that she's not in the ambulance world anymore. And that doesn't have to put yourself through that. 
you know, and she described, you know, doing CPR on a baby for 45 minutes just to lose them again. Like, I don't know how people in the medical industry do that anyway. You know, the nurses and the doctors and, and the EMTs and firemen and all those, all those people have a gift that is not one that I have. I couldn't handle it. I can't handle it when a dog stubs its toe. I mean, I am a big fat baby when it comes to that stuff. But as we think about our buckets, right? If she's dealing with all this grief and loss and stuff constantly, it's really hard. You like, you have to work so much harder to go through it, to process it and to make sure that you replenish your bucket with positive. It's very draining. So even though it's not quite as bad because it's it's just her significant other, and I, I don't mean to say just, but she's not carrying the brunt of it, I guess. But her objective, what she said to me, it was so beautiful. She's like, I know I can't do anything about it. Like I'm processing. And by the way, she's coming up on two years clean. So congratulations to her, two years without a bat. She's like, I can feel the feelings. I can process the feelings and be aware of the feelings, but I know I can't get stuck in that dark place. Like her philosophy and mindset had changed to, I just need to be grateful that I'm not gambling anymore so that I could feel the the feelings, the good feelings, the bad feelings, all the feelings, feel the feelings, be there and supportive for her guy, be there and supportive for the friends and family members that she lost and take care of herself. And I'm, I'm just so proud of her. And, and like I said, this is the two year mark. And just in this last month, she's had some pretty big revelations, you know, like, oh, I'm not taking care of myself. She went out and got a new hairdo and started working out and just all this stuff. So that's the two year mark, guys. At least that's what it looks like for her. So if you're, if you're starting out early, it's not an overnight sensation. Okay. We don't, we don't figure all this stuff out overnight and our feelings evolve as we go through it all, which, you know, from being with me from last November till now that that's just kind of the way it works. Even how I feel compared to a few months ago continues to evolve. The more I listen and learn and do my work. So that's what I wanted to talk about with that. And, and yeah, unfortunately, grief and loss is a fact of life. It's even worse this year when we think about the people who have to die alone. I mean, it's just horrible the way the world is right now with COVID and those things. Not only are we grieving the loss of the people, we're grieving the loss of opportunity to say goodbye or to be, be there with them or have final moments and final conversations. Like there's a, it's like exponential grief, I guess would be the way to say it, the way that things are currently. So on to this other topic. I just had another call, which reminded me, but a few nights ago when I was in Kansas City, we were watching the show Pressure Luck. And evidently it's different now. Like when I was a kid watching it, you know, on my, sick days home from school, it looked a lot different than it does today. And and the way that it happens now is they customize some of the prizes. And I'm not encouraging you to go watch the show because the show is nothing but gambling, in my opinion. 
like most game shows, which was another conversation that me and the girlfriend whose house I was staying at had, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is just nothing but gambling. She's like, really? She's like, well, not all game shows are this bad. And we started listening. And I'm like, think about it. Everything from Jeopardy to Wheel of Fortune to, oh, I don't know, any of those ones where you have a choice. Oh, The Weakest Link was another one that we were watching and how you can either, you know, bank the money or not bank the money. But, guys, if if I could put it out there, I know they're entertainment and stuff, but I aside from being at someone else's house and watching their TV, right? Like when I'm sleeping on the couch, it's kind of, I don't want to say not much choice, but I try to be mindful. I'm in her house. So I, I'm not like, Hey, change the channel. And it doesn't impact me that way. But if you're someone who's sensitive to that stuff and their triggers, or you find you're as enthusiastic as the people on the television, it might not be a good idea to watch it. Where I'm going with this is, We watched a guy win close to multiple six figures. It was crazy watching this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, one might think it's good. (laughs) But I think, I can't say that this is true for everyone, but there's something, knowing what I know now about the brain and, and the disease and how all of it works, like those pathways are wide open once you have a big win. And as I was just talking to my mentee a couple minutes before recording this, she was telling me she was in in one of the Facebook groups and she goes, there's this one story that stuck with me. This lady won, you know, $50,000 and then she gave it, you know, she gambled it all away. She goes, I've been chasing that big win all this time and thinking, you know, that would solve all my problems, but evidently it doesn't. And I told her, I said, no, I said, actually, Having a big win is probably one of the most, it sounds counterintuitive, but devastating, dangerous phenomenons that can happen to you in your gambling career. And what I, the way I explained it to her was, when we don't have one, we get in that mentality. It's in our head, right? I'm due, I'm due, I'm due. I'm going to hit the big one. For me, I used to say prayers to the slot machine gods or the poker gods or whatever. I was like, come on, you know, and think that I was you know, praying for the next big win. And once we have it, for me, you know, I had won a vehicle at Bingo. And once we have the big win, then it's, oh, I'm feeling lucky or I could do this again. It's a lose-lose proposition, guys. There's no, there's no way to come out of it. I mean, can you think of anyone that you personally know that won a significant amount of money that just hit it and left and was done and never went back and never lost it. Like maybe they turned around and paid for their kids college or whatever. Like, can you think of an example like that? I can't. And I've been surrounded by a lot of people in my life, gamblers and not gamblers. I don't know anyone that hadn't gone back through it. I can remember relatives that had had a good hit. And then, you know, years later, they're foreclosing on the house and, You know, it's the things we don't talk about. It's kind of reading between the lines a little. Nobody says, hey, yeah, I lost all my mortgage monies gambling. Like that's, we don't advertise that. We don't brag on those kinds of things. So think about that. Think if you can relate to having those voices in the head. I'm due, I'm due, I'm due. And then if you have a big win, what does your thinking look like after you have a big win? What does your body feel like? I always can remember the change in my body 
the excitement, the way the blood feels, the way my mind races, the, the energy, just seeing the signs for the casinos when I was still gambling, like when you knew you were getting close. And in Connecticut, the signs were brown, you know, for the, the Indian casinos. And it would just be like, my body definitely made a change whenever I was getting close to the casino or knew I was going, you know, the heartbeat and a little faster, the excitement, the adrenaline. And that's what I could see on those game shows the other day. That's how I remember it. I guess it's the same way when we're, you know, in the moment of gambling as well. I, before I go, I do want to mention one thing. Um, I talked a lot about like money and big win and I am not trying to be provoking either. I, I know different people have different reactions to some of this conversation. So I apologize if at any point this was, you know, triggering or upsetting, but I have to, I have to talk about this stuff. And, and the other thing is today I'm talking about, you know, the big win and the, and losing it, but not only I, I need to call this out, not only are we losing the money, like we usually give back the money after a big win, but it's what we lose after that. We lose our integrity if we're lying about giving it back. We lose our freaking minds. We lose that sense of if you won and you give it back, it loses or chips away at your self-esteem in most cases, right? Because you're beating yourself up. Oh, I had all this money, right? I had, I had this and it doesn't even have to be a big win. I'm imagining that you can relate to this even if it was just, you know, you walk into the casino with $50 and you leave with a hundred, you don't leave with the hundred or, or you go in with 50, you get it up to a hundred and then you don't leave and you leave with zero or you leave after a couple trips to the ATM or whatever that looks like. Imagine that times a hundred, you know, uh, that, that feeling of beating ourselves up and frustration and anger at ourselves and all those fucking ugly feelings that we don't have to feel once we stop gambling, at least not self-induced pain in that way. At least that's what I'm hoping we can all get to and achieve. So those are my thoughts for the day, guys. I am almost to my girlfriend's house in Florida. It's been a interesting couple days. We're trying to help out uh, my old company. Things have been kind of a little wacky there. And I'm ready for some, like, Florida vacation time now. I'm, I'm going to spend some time with a couple friends and one of my coaches. And I'm also going to, you know, do a couple parks and also build in some pool time. I need a tan before I go back to upstate New York for the winter. So that's what's on my agenda the next few days. Today's Thursday, the 20s, whatever day, 22nd. So we have another interview releasing tomorrow. I will encourage you to tune in. I lost track of who it is. I should have looked before talking to you. But if you have not listened to these interviews, I really, I just can't stress enough. I, I know I walked away from everyone just feeling like, Oh my gosh, I should have been interviewing all along during COVID. 
they just provide so much value and I enjoy these conversations every time because I learn something every single time. So I hope you do too. All right, beautiful people. I hope that all is well in your world and that you're smiling and I hope you're happy.